your parents know that you listen to the evil rock music. You're an American teenager, for God's sake. Welcome to Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. I'm Melissa Olson. Episode 112, You Don't Know What's on Your Shirt? Today we'll discuss the soundtrack of Season 1, Episode 12, Double Date. We welcome back for a second time, Sydney Barnett, and welcome for the first time, her sister, Cray. Together they form the dynamic sister duo behind the band Shy Show. We'll finish up with recommendations based on what we heard in this episode in the weekly segment, Spinning in Stars Hollow. So pour yourself a cup of coffee. It's time for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. First up, we have Earn Enough For Us from season one favorite, XTC. For Us comes from XTC's ninth studio album, Skylarking, released in October 1986. Skylarking is a life in a day semi-concept album. The album reached number 90 in the UK album chart and number 70 on the US album chart. The upbeat song plays as we see Rory walking up yelling for her mom from the kitchen. The pair make pop-tarts and coffee together while the song's lyrics parallel the way Lorelai goes through life aiming to earn enough money to support herself and her daughter as she goes through school and prepares to attend an Ivy League college. We see them help each other with the final touches on the way out the door, subtly emphasizing the fact that the two are there for each other, regardless of which one is the mother and which one is the daughter. Next up, we have a huge slew of references because Lane has gone bin diving. And no, I don't mean dumpster diving. I feel like I must clarify, since a lot of people who listen to this podcast regularly are from outside North America. Bin diving is a term used to describe going to a record store and flipping through racks and racks of UCDs or vinyl records, scouring the massive amount of media to find rare, nostalgic, or otherwise essential finds at great prices. Wow, you went UCD crazy. They just had an amazing selection today. The best of Blondie, Kraftwerk, Young Marble Giants. So many music references within the first few minutes of the show. While I can only be 100% certain of the correct Blondie album, since not only does Rory state which album it is, you can clearly see the best of Blondie on screen. And yes, I did study stills to try to determine which specific albums were in this pile. Knowing the filming standards of Amy Sherman Palladino, I'm certain that all the artists listed were actually in this collection of prop CDs, and she would require that level of detail from her set dressers and props master. For an example from Blondie, let's take a listen to Atomic from 1981's The Best of Blondie. Atomic 
Atomic originally appeared on 1979's platinum-selling Eat to the Beat. The song was produced with a mixture of new wave, rock, and disco, which had proven to be very successful for their number one hit from earlier in 1979, Heart of Glass. The song became the band's third number one in the UK singles chart, where it held the top spot for two weeks. It reached the top 40 on the Billboard Hot 100 in spring of 1980. For a sample of Kraftwerk, here's The Model from 1978's The Man Machine. Kraftwerk literally translated from German to mean power station, is a German electronic band formed in Dusseldorf in 1970. Kraftwerk would often sing through a vocoder or vocalize lyrics using speech synthesis software. They were one of the first groups to popularize electronic music and are considered to be innovators and pioneers of the genre. In the 1970s and early 1980s, Kraftwerk's distinctive sound was revolutionary and the band has had a lasting effect across many genres of modern music. According to The Observer, no other band since The Beatles has given so much to pop culture, and a wide range of artists have been influenced by their music and imagery. The Grammy Academy honored Kraftwerk in 2014 with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Next up is a sample from Young Marble Giants, Brand New Life. Young Marble Giants was a post-punk band from Cardiff, Wales. This song comes from Colossal Youth, the only studio album from the band, released in February 1980 on Rough Trade Records. The lead singer, Alison Stanton, was a favorite to the likes of Kurt Cobain, Courtney Love, and Bell and Sebastian. So that when you went away, nothing I could do or say, now we are lonely too. Now back to music we can actually hear played on the show. Rory pulls one of the CDs from Lane's Hall and puts it in the CD player. Who the hell is that anyway? Claudine Longer. The chick who shot the skier? Uh, sure, why not? Wow, Renaissance woman. Sure about it. 
Claudine Langer is a French singer, actress, dancer, and recording artist who was popular during the 1960s and 70s. Lorelai is correct with her reference here. Langer was arrested and charged with fatally shooting her boyfriend, Olympic skier Vladimir Spider Sabich, in 1976. Lorelai has an amazing memory, considering she would have been eight years old when this story was in the news. Maybe she remembers because Claudine Langer was once married to Andy Williams and appeared regularly on his show. Langer sings a cover of the Beach Boys classic, God Only Knows. Written by Brian Wilson and Tony Asher, the original song was released in 1966 and has been covered by many artists. God Only Knows was voted number 25 in Rolling Stone magazine's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. It was the second of seven Beach Boys songs to make that list, the first of which being Good Vibrations, coming in at number six. Granddaddy, new album used, I love a bargain. Granddaddy is an American indie rock band from Modesto, California, formed in 1992. This song, The Crystal Lake, comes from 2000's The Software Slump. The album was written and recorded by frontman Jason Little alone in a remote farmhouse. It's seen by some as a concept album about problems concerning modern technology and society and was released to critical acclaim. Next, we hear from Gilmore Girls score writer, Sam Phillips, while Lane and Rory get ready for their double date. Holding On To Earth comes from Sam Phillips' fifth studio album, The Indescribable Wow. This was her first release for Virgin Records and was her first album after switching from the Christian pop genre to secular alternative rock and using the name Sam instead of Leslie. In early 1989, Holding On To Earth peaked at number 22 on the Billboard Modern Rock Tracks chart. Next up, we get even more references from Lane. While she's standing in line with Todd behind Rory and Dean, she decides to tell Todd about her interests, which obviously mostly involves music. And the amazing thing is all these girls are screaming and none of them are getting the joke. He's playing the character of a rock star. I mean, Beck is a genius and all these stupid girls are screaming at him just because they're buying into the rock star image. I love Beck. I understand Beck. And the Foo Fighters, gods. I mean, have you heard the acoustic version of Everlong? I can't even talk about it, you know? Hey, you know who I've really gotten into lately? The Velvet Underground. Oh, and Nico, she is amazing. Depressing German scary chick. I have a CD if you want to borrow it sometime. We have already heard and talked about Beck in episode nine from Rory's Dance. And the Foo Fighters are pretty well known. I'm sure you've heard the acoustic version of Everlong by now. It was a college radio staple for a really long time. But just in case, I don't want you to feel left out, or maybe it's just been a while, here's a quick clip. 
agree with Lane. I can't even talk about it. My reasoning, however, might be a little different than hers. My show is only supposed to be about 22 minutes long, and I don't want to get too into details with every reference in this episode since there are so many, including the Velvet Underground, who conveniently recorded with vocalist Nico in 1967, so I can knock out these last two references with just one clip. Here's the Velvet Underground with Nico on I'll Be Your Mirror. I'll be your mirror, reflect what you are, in case you don't know. German singer Nico sang on this album. Having occasionally performed lead vocals for the Velvet Underground at the suggestion of the band's mentor and manager Andy Warhol. Though this debut album was a commercial failure upon release and was almost completely ignored by critics at the time, the record has since become one of the most influential and critically acclaimed rock albums in history, appearing at number 13 on Rolling Stone magazine's list of 500 greatest albums of all time, as well as being added to the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress in 2006. This week, we welcome back Sydney Barnett, joined this time by her younger sister, Cray. The teenage sisters have been making music under the name Shy Show for more than 10 years and come from an incredibly supportive and at times very punk rock family. Pretty much the opposite of living with Mrs. Kim. Here are Cray and Sydney. I believe the Beatles would have broken up anyway, regardless of Yoko Ono, because they were losing their sex appeal. They wouldn't be able to uh, be marketed as well as they could have been if they were younger. Yoko Ono, really? A very misunderstood artist and the Beatles would have broken up anyway. Have you shared this theory with anyone? I know it. Yoko knows it. Sean knows it. Julian's still in denial, but what can you do? Yoko Ono is the easy target for most people because through the years and in history, the girlfriend has always been the one that people point fingers at and blame. What, what kind of music do you like? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Fugazi? What? The band on your shirt. Oh. Huh. <laughs> cool picture. <laughs> you don't know what's on your shirt? Oh, it's my sister's. Oh. I had a somewhat similar experience to that of this young gentleman. My dad had a bunch of old band t-shirts, and I found this shirt that I really liked, and it was a Public Enemy t-shirt. I had never listened to Public Enemy before, but I thought the shirt was super cool. So I cut the sleeves off of it and I like turned it into a crop top. I went out downtown with my boyfriend at the time and I was definitely, I mean, this is like solid middle of high school. This is like sophomore rising into junior. So I was like very, I was feeling on top of my game, but not really knowing who this band is, but it's okay. Cause no one's gonna confront me about it, right? So I'm walking downtown and lo and behold, I am confronted by my gym teacher and he approaches me and he he sees my shirt and he's like, what are you doing wearing that shirt? And he totally knew, anyone who saw me totally knew. I had no idea what I was doing. And he called me out, he was like, I bet that you can't even name, he literally said this, I bet that you can't even name one of their songs. And he was totally right. I couldn't name a single one in front of my boyfriend. And I was very, very embarrassed. I remember uh, a guy that was quite like this kid. It was me. It was this year, actually. Uh, Freshman year, I wore some glitter leggings and a Neil Diamond Biggest Hits t-shirt. So I walked in to my math class 
and my math teacher stops me and was like, oh, hey, I love your shirt. Do you know any of his like songs? He's a great composer. And I'm like, no, this is my dad's. And he was like, okay. And then he avoided me for the rest of the class. When I was merely a sophomore in high school, I um, ended up going to homecoming with a senior. I was in a group of seniors that I was not familiar with at all. I didn't really know them. They didn't know me. I was intensely uncomfortable the whole time. In Instead of the wholesome, oh, let's take pictures and let's go to dinner. We went to dinner, we left dinner early to go to Walmart because the seniors needed to buy ping pong balls and plastic cups for the after party that I, of course, was not invited to because I was a sophomore, but I was with them. So I was with them, but not of them. When we got to Walmart, I like tried to run inside ahead of them. So very much like Lane having these expectations and building this whole scenario in her mind about what it would be like to go out with this guy, I definitely built up a scenario about what it would be like to hang out with a bunch of seniors and to go to a dance with seniors. And expectations, it's really dangerous to have them because things very seldom go the way that we think they will, for better or for worse. Like, like when I was running into the Walmart, I expected it to kind of be a respite or like a place where I could get away from them. But in reality, it was just me kind of looking a fool running ahead of the group. Much like like Lane, when she saw her mom, it wasn't her initial response wasn't, oh man, it's my mom. It was, oh geez, thank goodness there's my mom. I can get away from this horrible date that I'm having. Much like when we pulled into Walmart, I wasn't like, oh, oh man, it's Walmart, the symbol of consumerism and materialism. And I was like, oh, there's Walmart, a place with other people who are not these seniors that I'm with, other people who may be able to help me or something. Be sure to check out the show notes at gilmoregirlsoundtrack.com to see a performance of a song Shaisha wrote about Sydney's homecoming experience. It's time for Spinning in Stars Hollow, where I give recommendations for songs you may enjoy based on music and references in this episode. You can always find these songs on the Spinning in Stars Hollow playlist in the show notes for each episode at gilmoregirlsoundtrack.com. First up, No Surprise from Fugazi. Fugazi is an American post-hardcore band that formed in Washington, D.C. in 1987. Fugazi are noted for their DIY business practices, which promote the idea that anyone is capable of performing a variety of tasks rather than relying on paid specialists. They are also known for their contempt towards the music industry. This song comes from the 1998 album End Hits, the album pictured on Todd's shirt in this episode. Due to the title of the album, many speculated that it would be the band's last release. The title actually refers to the end of the album drum hits that occur after the last song on the album ends. These drum hits are actually outtakes from the bridge section of this song, No Surprise. The title was later revealed to have been an inside joke by the band. Next, we have Some Velvet Morning from Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood. Some 
If you enjoyed the track from Claudine Lager, you'll love Nancy Sinatra, the daughter of Frank Sinatra. She may be best known for her hit, These Boots Are Made For Walkin', which was written by her duet partner on this song, Lee Hazelwood. Some Velvet Morning was originally recorded in 1967 and was used as a soundtrack to Sinatra's television special, Move In With Nancy. This is one of the more popular duets between Nancy and Lee, but is considered a departure from their usual style, as it is decidedly less influenced by country and western music. The single peaked at number 26 on the Billboard Hot 100 in January 1968. Last up, we have Piano Fire from Sparkle Horse. If you enjoyed the granddaddy track we heard earlier, you might like Sparkle Horse. This song comes from Sparkle Horse's third studio album, It's a Wonderful Life, released in August 2001. It was the band's most successful album commercially, selling over 63,000 copies. Sparkle Horse was led by singer and multi-instrumentalist Mark Linkus. He was the only permanent member of the group. He became a sought-after record producer and collaborated with many artists before his death in 2010. Piano Fire features vocals, electric guitar, and piano from another Gilmore favorite, PJ Harvey. The album It's a Wonderful Life was the first time Linkus didn't provide all the instrumentation himself. This time he worked in a studio alongside a wide array of guest musicians, including John Parrish, Nina Pershawn of the Cardigans, and Tom Waits. I'm Melissa Olson. Thank you for joining me this week for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. To read the show notes and to find the playlists for the complete Gilmore Girls soundtrack and Spinning in Stars Hollow, visit gilmoregirlsoundtrack.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe to Gilmore Girls Soundtrack so you'll never miss an episode. Until next week, more coffee, please. Why won't I be grounded? For better or for worse, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Can't seem to see.